Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Welcome, Kate Eisler. This is so exciting to have you here. You are such an inspiration for me, and it's a real honor uh, that we're on the show together today. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got here, um, and we'll have so many questions for you, but I just want to start there. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. So when people tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, I always it always gives me a little bit of pause. And so, cause I kind of don't know where to start because I'm a little bit of an all or nothing kind of a person. <laughs> so, um, but I, I sort of think, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm an author, I'm a business person, I'm a mother, I'm a friend, I am a gender parity activist. That's who I am. So I'm a lot, we wear a lot of hats and I know that all women do. And so I just think of myself as all of those things. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. But what you're doing for women um, and in your life uh, is really fascinating to me. So tell us a little bit about um, your business, your book. Um, it sounds like they both kind of, um, you know, align in parallel and intersect. And so I find it really fascinating kind of, you know, what you've done up until this point and how it's evolved. You bet. And it's all my career has really brought me to what I'm doing today. And I can't, you know, I, I am one of the fortunate people who get up every morning and I'm excited about what I'm doing. <laughs> and so um, what I'm doing right now is um, running an e-commerce business for women owned businesses, both products and professional service businesses. And so we're a little bit unique in that space. And we launched actually to the public a year ago this week. And so I can't believe it. It feels like 10 years sometimes and <laughs> a week other times. <laughs> um, but we really came um, about because of COVID. And so what happened was uh, I had a nonprofit organization that celebrated International Women's Day. And we had been holding an event for about six years in the Symphony Hall in downtown Seattle. And we had over 500 in attendance every year. And it was great and fun. And then 2020 happened. And our event was March 5th. And so it was just before International Women's Day and just as the lockdown was happening. So we, you know, went ahead with the event. And after that, I did what any self-respecting woman would do was drink a bunch of the leftover wine and have a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And started reading all the headlines around how women were so adversely affected mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the economics that, that were just horrifying. Yeah, and so yeah. I thought, well, I spent 200 years in technology and understand it well, and everyone is online shopping. So I'm going to put those things together and create an online marketplace. And so that's how the W marketplace started. 
That's fantastic. And so we, so we can find everything from t-shirts to, um, I don't know, also services. So lawyers, uh, yoga sessions. I mean, so everything like soup to nuts. So, so women who are listening, who have businesses could also become part of this organization. Absolutely. So one of the things that we think, you know, we, my um, co-founder and I, in fact, you know, when I called her and said, here's what I'm thinking of doing, she said, great, I'm about to be laid off. And so, you know, exactly. And so we are really, we came about, you know, through COVID in a variety of ways, and we built our whole team that way. Mm. And what we really have done is developed a very broad based platform that has friendly terms, that is a community that we support women entrepreneurs, because, you know, we can talk about all the, the data in the last 18 months. But before that, you know, women are economically not even close to parity these days. Mm, that's right. You know, the World Economic Forum estimates 257 years. <laughs> and I can't live with it. I mean, I was just, I'm like, I cannot. And even before COVID. And so we set out to create a platform that was friendly terms to support women growing big businesses. I mean, in this country, women account for 40% of the new businesses. They drive $1.8 trillion of revenue annually. Uh, yeah. I, I we mean, spend all it. the money. We control the GPD, period. We do. 83% of the purchasing decisions. And so imagine if we could shop and patronize one another, we would change the world and Love we would it. change all of our economic forms. And so that's my mission. And so, you know, Fantastic. the marketplace is my, is my attempt to change the world. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Cause yeah. where money flows, energy goes and you're right. I mean, that's really the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah. And so I, you know, we really work hard every single day to bring on women owned businesses and to connect them with each other. So if you're a merchant, you probably need a bookkeeper and you need an attorney and you need all the services that we have, coaching, professional development, life coach, you know, you name it. And by the same token, if you are a services business, you may not have a digital platform yet. Or you may not really spend a lot of time or have the money to drive traffic. And so we hook you up with services, other women on the platform that create digital assets and that, you know, help SEO and help us. Mm -hmm. And so we've created an ecosystem. Amazing. You know, you've, when I look at what you've done, you've reinvented yourself a few times, (laughs) Um, but always purposefully, right? I, I see that like, you know, each step there's like purpose infused in, in everything that you've done. And um, how is it like, what are those moments like when you have to reinvent yourself or you realize, okay, this chapter is complete and I don't know what the next one holds. What, what do you, what do you use? What tools do you have um, that can help some of the women who are right now trying to reinvent themselves because they're finding themselves to be the full-time cook, teacher, tutor, you know, maid, and, you know, and, and also working to, to earn their, you know, to, to sustain their, their family. So what advice can you give them based on your, um, your reinventions? So I am the most unlikely successful person that you've ever met. First of all, I think, um, because I didn't have the right education. I'm a 2018 college graduate. So, you know, yep. I'm a new college graduate. (laughs) Um, I, um, 
didn't have the right network or the financial backing or any of the things that you would suppose. I spent the first 10 years of my life in a hotel and not a nice one, a Holiday Inn. And so I lived, if you think about it, in a group of rooms, like I lived in a straight line for years. Um, And so, you know, I always think that women, especially women, we self-select out a lot of our dreams. We say, I don't have the right money. I don't have the right skills. People depend on me. And so I, you know, can't do these things. I've got to finish, you know, with other people's agendas or things that I feel responsible for before I can have my dream. And I, yeah, I mean, and I will tell you that, you know, my reinventions haven't been a, oh my gosh, I think I'm finished. I'll have to do it. They've generally come from, oh my gosh, I've lost my job. I've gone backwards. Um, something has happened and I've got to restructure in in order to continue on, mm-hmm. right? I was never in the right place at the right time kind of a thing. And so I have always, you know, felt the need to reassess and kind of think, okay, this is not making me happy. I, you know, have made these mistakes. How do I correct? And what do I want to do? You know, how do I want to improve this? Mm. How do I want to get up tomorrow and feel better? And, uh, you know, they've not been fast journeys. And so I don't want to misrepresent that I changed my mind and tomorrow it's all great. Because I think that that's not realistic. I think it's doable, but I think it takes some time to get there. And we need to give ourselves a minute live in that as we move forward. That is so hard to give ourselves a minute, isn't it? I mean, it's like, I mean, but but that's true. We have to give ourselves permission to just give ourselves a minute. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. So this leads me to get really curious about your book, um, why you wrote it, who you wrote it for. um, Yeah. To learn a little bit more about that. So it was one of those times. And so I had a really lovely career at Microsoft, working and living all over the world. And I took my children, you know, I did all the things that you shouldn't do. I moved them in all the right, wrong grades and, you know, (laughs) did all the things. And I came back to the States and was working and was unhappy Mm -hmm. and knew I needed to make a change. But like many of these listeners, I had kids going to college. I had, you know, kids all the way from college to elementary school. I had responsibilities. I was the breadwinner. I couldn't change my mind. I was miserable, you know, all the things. And I stayed in my job about two years too long. Just it wasn't good until I finally just couldn't do it anymore. I left my job and had no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I started, you know, looking for a job, applying for jobs, not getting them because I didn't have a college degree, which I was like, well, I have 20 years of experience. And I kept getting the, well, our policy is. And so I was sort of down in the dumps and the worst. And so I started writing about what I had done and sort of things that I had done. And it did a couple of things for me. One, it made me kind of go, wait a minute, maybe I'm not that bad. It was a really great way to self-reflect and tell the story. And so when I think about why I wrote it, I wrote it for me. I wrote it as a reflection to say, okay, yeah, actually I had some remarkable experiences and I lived through them and I grew through them and I need to use them. Mm -hmm. 
I need to use those experiences to move forward. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to then, you know, sort of tell a few people that I did that. And one of the people said, I have a friend who's an acquisition editor at a big publisher. And so I met with HarperCollins and they said, how close are you to finishing? And I said, well, depends on, you know, what you call finish, but yeah. So I wrote the book in about six months. Mm. That's incredible. Wow. And you just went on this hunch that like, you know, you had to, you had to kind of work through almost like a summary of sorts, you know, like just processing it all. It was. And, and I want to be really honest about a couple of things. I, you know, I talk about fun things that happened because I did have fun, funny stories, but I, I'm very honest about things that didn't go right. Yeah. You know, times where I moved sideways or even backwards in my career mm-hmm. and times where uh, my relationship and my family was not great. Yeah. And I remember the, the best. So my husband, unfortunately, had to edit. Right. For the first few times, I, I didn't want to release it till he saw it. <laughs> and he came to me with his computer in his hand and he said, are we putting this in the book? Because we struggled at one point, you know, mm-hmm. and I was super honest and said, yeah, we're putting it in the book because I think if I want to be authentic and inspire women who are authentic to live live, you have to know where the pitfalls are and you have to say, you know, oh my gosh, if she's had that experience, I've had it, I can identify and and move through it. Yeah. I mean, every step of the way I'm hearing resilience, you know, you're just picking yourself back up and you're just moving forward one step after the next. Just, you're such a great example for your children. I can imagine. You know, it's fun. I have three sons, which it's great fun that I do what I do. And, you know, they are, they are very supportive. My oldest son recently married and good news. He married up like his father and my daughter-in-law's in med school. That's, a good, that's so great. Exactly. So, Well, what is the title of the book for our listeners? Breaking Borders. Mm, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you lived abroad. I did. Yeah. So where, where abroad did you share with us? Well, I got to live abroad because I got an email from, um, about a man that I worked with about his promotion and he was moving to Paris. And I thought, wait a minute, I want to do something like that. (laughs) I raised my hand and said, I want to do that. So it wasn't very long before I got an offer that said, how about the Middle East? And I was like, Oh no, wait, wait, wait. I meant Paris, you know, London, London. <laughs> Sydney. Wait, what are you talking the Middle East? And so I talked my husband into quitting his job because I promised it would be for two years and it would be a big adventure and taking our then baby to Dubai in the early nineties. That mm, was really different back then. Oh my goodness. It was oh. so different. Yeah. It was not um, sophisticated. There was no um, infrastructure like there is today. I literally spent a lot of time driving across the sand in my Honda Accord Mm. because there weren't a lot of roads. And you went from, you know, place A to place B across the sand. Here it is right there. You just go, okay, here we go. Yeah, it wasn't really westernized at all back then. Mm. No. And then, you know, and then I decided that I wanted to be in really hospitable places for women again and spend a bunch of time in Africa. (laughs) And so 
And then um, I sort of wrapped up my overseas time in um, Eastern Europe and Central Asia. Mm. And so really hospitable places for women, for sure. (laughs) Well, it gave you perspective on what's possible and how far we've come and how far we have to go. Absolutely. And, you know, it really, the thing is, is that it is very true all over the world is that there is a gender gap and it's systemic everywhere. And when I think about the U.S., um, I'm really, you know, I try and call attention to the fact that we have so far to go because there is an appearance that we are very close to equality in some respects. But, you know, I, I anchor what I'm about to say in the World Economic Forum's gender gap report. They report on 153 countries and we are by no means in the top. So we're about a third of the way down and they measure on a variety of, of pillars. One of them is education, which we're great. We allow all women and girls to go to school. But beyond that, um, our gender equality is not great. We are in, you know, below 80 in the healthcare, access to healthcare for women. Mm. We are pretty far below in economics. And so, you know, if you sort of think about where, you know, our, our society today Supporting women and supporting one another is the way we're going to make the change. And I am dead set on it because I don't think it's, you know, it's not a zero sum game. It's not us or them. It's this is all better for society that we are strong and we build, you know, the economic platform of women and we, you know, support one another. We're half the population. Let's contribute. Well, we are absolutely. And, and I think, I feel like there's also gender confusion um, at this time. And I don't mean so much like um, women who are gay or bisexual. I mean, specifically that it was just my grandmother and, and perhaps yours as well. It was just my grandmother's generation that was, it was taboo to work. I mean, she was, she was allowed to work, but it was more um, appropriate if she would just donate her time with the, with the PTA or volunteering or the church. Um, and that was on the East Coast, you know, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother worked, but it still wasn't 100% acceptable. I know that I, she experienced a lot of guilt uh, mm-hmm. not being at home. And she was her happiest when she was at home. And I think it had to do with her values and how she was raised. Now, this might be our family and generationally on the mother's side might be a little bit um, outdated. I I don't know. But I know for myself and for my clients and for a lot of the women in my life, we have so many demands on us. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's impossible to achieve, but I think there is confusion about how to prioritize um, as an entrepreneur or just working as a mom, as a wife. And what we're seeing a lot of is the breakdown of the family unit, which is causing a number of problems um, because there are all these demands and it's resulting in burnout, a lot of um, adrenal fatigue and disease in, you know, late forties and fifties. We're noticing, you know, (laughs) record-breaking divorce rates, uh, which is causing, you know, a huge problem in families. Um, And, and we're noticing, um, you know, that women tend to need to choose and uh, what they choose, they're judged for. 
whether they're a mom, then they're not working. If they're working, then they're not a good mom. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, there's so many competing demands. And I feel like it's time also for a revolution in uh, women prioritizing themselves and striking the balance. And it's tricky. A hundred percent. It is really tricky. And so don't get me wrong. You know, I, I have been fortunate, but you know, some of the hardest things that women can do is be honest with herself about what she wants. Yeah. Right. That's hard. And with the ones closest to you. And I would say the hardest conversation I ever had about, I want to take on this big job and disrupt our nice lives with our baby. I want to do, that was the hardest conversation. And it's my soulmate. You know, Mm -hmm. I have been married for over 30 years now and it was so scary and so hard. Mm. I'm so happy I did it. (laughs) I'm so happy, but, um, Because we were able to negotiate and and life is a negotiation. We were able to negotiate all the time around our lives together, but on a much easier, even platform than we would have been able to. And I think that so many women, um, it, it is systemic and it's cultural for us to just not speak up and do it. Right. I think so many of the women, because of all the things you just said, and let me tell you, I have had plenty of working mother guilt. A hundred percent. I, you know, as my children were small and I was in, you know, a different country and couldn't get back for the birthday party. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I did. And, And I will also say that I had plenty of other women as an expat you know, living overseas with my husband not working, there was plenty of discussion about what a great mother I was, let me tell you. (laughs) And so, and, you know, because we were onlys at the time, for sure. I mean, my husband was living in a society that just absolutely didn't understand what we were doing. And in a time where it wasn't well known and it wasn't done, and so the the most asked question I was ever asked the whole time I was overseas, people would understand and say, oh, you know, you have a family. Yes, I do. I have three children and a husband. And they're like, did you bring them with you? I'm like, uh, yeah. You know, but you would never ask a man who was on an overseas assignment. Ever. Did you bring your family? Never. And so I think that there is absolute confusion. And I think it is hard. And I think that, you know, those hard discussions start with your inner circle to say, you know, I, you know, here's what I want to do because it's, those are the people who are affected by that Mm -hmm. the most good Mm -hmm. and bad, but Mm -hmm. they're affected. And I am, um, I'm such a proponent of not self-selecting out. And I, and I also don't think that, you know, as we started, you can make a change like that in a day, there is a process to it and there's a negotiation. And if you are the caregiver and you're going to, you know, either shift some of that responsibility or do something else for a while, you know, there's gotta be a negotiation and you got to go into it with, here's what I got to do. Yeah. I love that. A real takeaway for all of us, especially me at least, um, is that honest conversation that we have to have with ourselves, not what society wants, not what our family wants 
expects, um, but taking that all into consideration about you know, who you are, who you're becoming and what's in the highest good. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, my children are now um, the last ones out of the house now. Ooh, I'm so excited. That's big. <laughs> <laughs> it's really big. It's so good. Um, but I will tell you that they are all, you know, I worried constantly, oh, you know, in the middle of the night, they're not going to call from me. Ooh. Or and and I will tell you that we have very much. I am very much the mother, and my husband is very much a dad, and that never changed because of proximity. And now, you know, they are very appreciative. Now they have such an interesting view in the world because it wasn't odd for them to have a mother that wasn't always home and a father that was. It just wasn't. And so their perspective, and you kind of say, oh, you know, it, it is what they're used to. And if you can manage a household and a family with, you know, whatever's right for you, they'll be fine. Mm, I love it. That's such great advice. My goodness, the time has flown by. What would you like the women who are listening today um, and men, there may be some men listening as well, but uh, what would you like for them to do to find you, to find the um, the network, the, the, you know, what would you like them to do? So a couple of things. I want everyone to shop on the W Marketplace for sure. You know, patronize women-owned businesses because we are the only platform, the only e-commerce, social um, or advertising platform where all of their dollars stay with women-owned businesses, right? So if you think about when you shop on other platforms, a lot of that money goes to the, the men that run those companies. Right. So we are the only platform where 100% of your dollars stay with women-owned businesses and hundreds of them. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, read my book. <laughs> I love that. And ask questions, you know, reach out to me. So it's Breaking Borders. And the good news is it's available on the W Marketplace. Oh. It's other places too. It's on the big platforms too. But, um, and I am on LinkedIn and, you know, I am, I am one that spends a lot of my time talking to people because I would love to, you know, inspire people to do what they want to do. You know, women, we're amazing. All of us, we We are amazing. And so don't let anyone tell you you're not. Yeah. I'll tell you, you are. (laughs) (laughs) I am curious though. What did you get your degree in, in 2018? I, it's fine. It was actually very funny. It's just general studies uh-huh. because if I had finished my business degree, cause I had gotten done some of it when I was young, if I had finished it, they wanted me to do an internship. And I said, can I intern for myself? I mean, come on <laughs> 20 years of experience. Can <laughs> and so I decided that I would just, I said, what is the path path of least resistance here? Right. And so I was actually running another startup. So I would stop at five o'clock on Friday afternoons and do homework all weekend long and attend mm-hmm. classes. You know, I had Tuesdays and Thursday classes. And so it took, it took about 18 months to finish, mm. but I did it. Your sons know uh, what it's like to work hard. Uh, what a, no, really, it's just, it's extraordinary. It's been such a pleasure to have you and to learn more about your journey and the inspiration of your path has <laughs> been very international and very purpose-driven. I'm just so delighted. Thank you so, so much for taking time to share with us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking with you. 
Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast dash guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.